in a crucial stage It's not because of foreign wars we wage It's more to do with the colors blue and red Too many laws and too much government Can you tell me where the Constitution went? Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread So many people trying to cross the border And politicians build a new world order Too many minds are convinced they should be led I've gotta be free the way God made men And I won't be ruled by the damn Right to self-defense They say you're safer but they don't make sense Dangerous ones will not turn in the guns All the unions always ask for more All we buy is made on foreign shores Come a day when there'll be real hell to pay I've gotta be free The way God made gentlemen welcome to today's broadcast of tapping to the truth i do hope you are having well i hope you're having a better day than a lot of us are having today uh you know ordinarily i wish you a fantastic day wherever you are whatever you may be doing with all the usual caveats of course but you know here i am i am your ever so humble and uh, not at all peaceful host today you see today Time of the live broadcast, in case you're listening to the rebroadcast, or if you're a day or two late to the podcast, it happens to be the 24th. See, today there was a shooting in Texas, a Texas school, where, of course, once again, we have multiple people injured and multiple people dead, and people can't help themselves but to play politics. The number of people who were killed in the Texas school shooting tragedy... Well, it continues to climb overnight. We are currently at the time of this live broadcast uh, setting at at least 20. At least 19 children and at least one adult. Uh, That is, of course, counting, I guess we should say two adults, just counting the shooter. Shooter whose name I will not say on air. It's a matter of policy. It's something that I simply feel like is appropriate but you know what i really don't feel is appropriate i do feel it's appropriate for us to mourn the loss of these potential lives i do feel it's appropriate for us to mourn the loss of uh, 
the futures that will never be realized, and of course the loss of the uh, teacher who was injured in this and then eventually lost their lives. I believe it's appropriate to pray for those who are still in surgery, whose lives are not secured yet. I believe it's appropriate to send our heartfelt condolences to those directly affected and continue to pray for those whose loved ones are not out of the woods but who still have a chance. I feel all those things are appropriate, but it is not appropriate to play politics right off the bat. It is not appropriate to step up and say, oh, well, let's make hay while the getting's good. Can't let a crisis go to waste after all. I have said time and time again from this particular little bully pulpit of mine that I lament the days when we did not have to jump right into going after the political agenda. And it's always the leftists. It's always somebody with a D at the end of their name that can't hold their water. That cannot wait till the bodies are even cold. No, they have to strike while the iron's hot. This is an iron, you so-called elected. I've got to be real careful. Because it is real easy for me to lose my temper right now. Not, not because of the shooting. That is a tragedy. It's a tragedy that as long as we have a free nation is occasionally going to be something that we will have to find a way to live with. We shouldn't like it. We shouldn't be satisfied with it. We should be trying to find ways to better recognize those in our society who are not mentally stable enough to be trusted on their own accord. We need to do that. You know, a really good place to start is anybody who's voluntarily putting a D at the end of their name. That's a really good place to start. The idea here that instantly attacks on the Constitution, it's not a surprise. It's not something new. It's been going on and on for decades now. Enough that I am tired of saying I wish we could wait till the bodies are cold. But here we are again. And the Democrats are going to act like it's all the Republicans' fault because they're stopping it. And it's all the conservative faults because they continue to support silly things like the Constitution and your God-given right to bear arms. Your God-given right to defend yourself. And they will talk about how the Republicans never do anything. Because Democrats stop them from doing anything that would legitimately actually help solve the problem. Statistics and empirical data will ferret out the truth about ideas like let's hire uh, retired veterans to help provide additional school security. Let's arm teachers who uh, go through all the qualifications to have their concealed carry. Or they're open carry, depending on the state and what uh, permits they get. Let them actually be part of the defense of the schools. Let's take some of those billions of dollars being laundered through the Ukraine and actually put them in school systems so they can afford better security. We could do all those things, but the Democrats aren't about to let that happen. 
The Democrats are up in arms because somebody suggested, hey, maybe the monkeypox wouldn't be spreading so wild and crazy if all these um, uh, homosexuals weren't out here uh, getting busy with one another and spreading the monkeypox. That is the primary source vector of the outbreak that has everybody panicked. But here we are, ladies and gentlemen, here we are once again. Democrats across the United States responded, some of them mere moments. Some of them, I saw some of these before I even got the breaking news story of the shooting. Clearly, a tragedy. The school shooting in Texas, and my heart goes out to all those directly affected, those who have lost, and those whose loved ones are currently uh, stable and hopefully going to recover. It's a scary moment for them, but they instantly, these Democrats, they instantly start demanding new rounds of brand new gun control laws. They want to pass all this and crack down on the Second Amendment uh, delineated God-given right. See, that's, that's the scary part for them. We are starting to recognize as a people that these aren't government-granted. These aren't constitutional-granted. These are constitutionally enumerated rights that we should cling to at all costs. These calls to implement the gun control, well, after this 18-year-old male acts to grind, he opens fire inside Rob Elementary School. That toll is now over 20 as of right now. And it's uh, right now expected, according to all the reports, it's expected to rise by the time daylight comes. By the time the people that hear this rebroadcast on terrestrial radio, who knows how high that number will be by then. Hopefully it doesn't get any higher. I pray to God it doesn't get any higher. But there are still some people who are in very serious condition as a result of this. But out here leading the charge for more gun control, you have people like Senator Chris Murphy, Democrat from Connecticut. He said that Republicans needed to find a way to work with Democrats to, quote, pass laws that make this less likely. What would you recommend, Senator Murphy? Want to end law-abiding citizens' ability to have a firearm of any kind? Want to end law-abiding citizens' ability to have a magazine that may have more than five rounds in it? I mean, what is your answer here, Senator? Because all I ever hear from you and your ilk isn't a solution to the issue. It's a disarming of law-abiding citizens. It is an effort to say, hey, you know what? We keep eroding the Constitution to the point that eventually we don't have a Constitution anymore, and then, yay, the leftists get to run amok, which they're basically doing anyway. Why? Because we let them. I'm equally mad at me, and I'm equally mad at everybody else that was so busy living their lives that we weren't paying attention to what these morons were doing as they tried to destroy our Constitution and tried to destroy the idea that we are the sovereigns of this nation, that we have God-given rights, and they do not have the authority, no matter how they may try, to take them from us.
Murphy suggested, along with his little statement about laws that make this less likely, suggested that mental illness was not the problem when it came to major shootings. Really? Because totally sane people are just going around randomly shooting up schools? Last time I checked, that's a big negative, Ghost Rider. Not that I would expect the truth to come anywhere close, not even within a 100-mile radius of most Democrats. They're, they're not capable of dealing with the truth because their narratives fall apart when the truth enters the neighborhood. Their stories, their agenda just flies apart when the truth is interjected. And yet they're going to continue to say that I'm the one spreading disinformation because I'm calling them out on their stuff and I'm not the only one. And ladies and gentlemen, if you're missing the point, please circle back around. Join me with this. Murphy said, quote, spare me the bull crap, but he didn't say crap, about mental illness. We don't have any more mental illness than any other country in the world. You cannot explain this through a prism of mental illness because we don't. We're not an outlier on mental illness. We're on, oh, I'm sorry, we're an outlier when it comes to access to firearms and the ability of criminals and very sick people to get their hands on firearms. And that's what makes America different. No, Senator, no. What makes America different is that once upon a time, the American people understood that having a firearm wasn't just a God-given right. It was also a responsibility. But thanks to people like you, Senator, you have tried to drive the very notion, the very idea of individual responsibility out of the entire mindset of the American public. And your effort to destroy the notion of accountability... Why should I be held accountable to your standards? Uh, how about it's just society standards? Well, that's just a social construct. Why do I have to be confined to that? Well, when it comes to artistic endeavors, eh, you don't have to be. When it comes to living peacefully with your neighbors, maybe you ought to at least take a peek at it and see if there might be a good reason. You have fermented a feeling across the country that makes it seem like it's completely okay if you're fighting for the right cause to go out and hurt people. Oh, don't believe me, Senator? I don't recall hearing you speaking out against BLM Incorporated. I don't recall hearing you speak out against Antifa. I don't even recall hearing you speaking out about the guy who went to the congressional softball game and started shooting people while he, was, while he was spouting off Bernie Sanders stuff. No, I don't recall you condemning any of that, Senator. You just want to condemn people who want to stand up and say, hey, this is tragedy, but you don't give up your God-given rights, and I'm going to keep using that phrase because I'm a little hot under the collar. You don't give up your God-given rights because someone does a bad thing. Because at the end of this particular discussion, it makes more sense for more people to have 
firearms so that more people can stop tragedies like this before they get so far out of control. The only real answer to bad guys with guns is more good guys with guns. And, of course, they hate that phrase. They hate it. But uh, the, the good senator wasn't the only one, was he? There were other people, some well-known People with a D at the end of their name that had to throw their two cents in, and they had to do it too. Strike while the iron's hot and while the bodies are still warm. How dare you? No, they just can't help themselves. Other notable Democrats who seized on the tragedy, and that is a very apropos phrasing, calling for more gun control. Of course, Bernie Sanders. Funny we just mentioned him saying, quote, the horrific rampage in Texas once again makes clear that there are some very sick people in this country with guns in their hands who should not have them. Congress may not be able to end this problem, but we must at least pass common sense gun reforms to finally protect the public. Would you know common sense, Senator Sanders, would you know common sense if it came up and bit you on the nose? You're an old communist who's still running around, who's never, never, not once held an actual job outside of being an elected official. Literally living in your parents' basement when you got elected to mayor, starting your political career, and never did anything but politics from that point forward. Honeymooned in the former Soviet Union. Talking about how, oh, you're a democratic socialist. You're a communist, sir, and you're a traitor to this freaking country. So I don't want to hear your ideas about how Congress should work. I want an explanation from the people who vote for you why, the, for the love of God, they keep voting for you. Why do they keep putting you in office when you and your political ideology is completely the antithesis of what America is and should be? I mean, Nancy Pelosi's bad. Chuck Schumer is bad. You, sir, are a full-blown old-school communist, and you don't deserve to live in the freedom that you keep trying to take away from everyone else. Oh, yeah, but Congress should try to do something. Common sense. Of course, our good friend thinks she's a runway model, thinks she's a, a superstar on social media. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Well, she claimed that, quote, there's no such thing as being pro-life while supporting laws that let children be shot in their schools. Elders in grocery stores, worshippers in their houses of faith, survivors by abusers, or anyone in a crowded place. It is an ideology of violence, and it must end. Really, AOC? Just go back on Twitter. Will you? Go do another live stream. Talk about how it's some great conspiracy theory, how everything that George Soros is doing, you're going to flip and go over here and say the Koch brothers are doing it, and they're supporting Fox News and Tucker Carlson and how we're just a whole bunch of racists over here. You are a moron, my child, and anybody who's wasting any money whatsoever to earn a degree at Boston University, why? 
What more evidence do you need that this is a complete and total farce? It's a complete and total waste of your time, energy, and especially your money. AOC has a degree in economics. She thinks capitalism is an enslaving force of white supremacy. If you can believe that honestly and have earned a degree in economics, then anybody can freaking get an economic. You probably have to like collect five different pieces in your Cracker Jack box or something, turn it into Boston University. Oh, well, here's your economics degree. Uh, thank you. Come again. No such thing as being pro-life by supporting laws that let children be shot in their schools. I don't know anybody that supports a law that lets children be shot in their schools. If you take a look around, there are laws on the books for waiting periods and background checks. No evidence whatsoever at this point in the game that any of those laws would have changed anything. We do know for a fact by now because some time has passed. Some facts have come in that the guy who did the shooting in the Buffalo, New York uh, grocery store, all the current federal laws and all the things that these leftist morons keep talking about and want to keep putting on steroids wouldn't have changed a thing because dude didn't follow the law because we keep coming back to the very simple basic idea premise that only law-abiding citizens will be affected by anything Congress does. Criminals are going to be criminals, and all you're going to do is give the criminals a much bigger advantage in their desires to carry out their criminal behavior. They know this, or at least most of them. I don't think AOC does. I don't think she really knows anything other than she's reading the talking points that the Justice Democrats has handed her. Gavin Newsom. Governor of the great state of California, Gavin, claimed that Republicans, quote, won't do a damn thing about shootings, saying that we need nationwide, comprehensive, common sense gun safety now. You know, all upper caps for now, so obviously he's yelling it. You know, what we need is to get back to common sense. I'll agree with that. But again, I'm pretty sure common sense could come up and literally just bite you on the nose. And you'd be like, huh, what was that? I don't know. I don't recognize that. Gavin Newsom, you need to just... You need to figure out how to be the governor of California. California is literally a great state with a lot of great people in it and so many natural resources. There is no reason why the state of California should be in any kind of financial struggles at all, oh, except for that small fact that you let a bunch of Democrats run the state. Whenever Democrats get to run an entire state for as long as they've been running the state of California, at this point, if it wasn't for all the great natural resources and the ability to have that strong economy, it would have collapsed a long time ago. Ed Markey, Democrat, Massachusetts, said, abolish the filibuster and pass gun safety legislation now. Okay, what kind of gun safety legislation do you want to pass there, uh, Senator? 
First of all, do not abolish the filibuster. The filibuster is the only thing that protects minority voices in that part of the Senate. And that's why it was created. The Senate's supposed to be a deliberative body. The Senate was built to be the compositor of the interest of the states, not of the particular people in those states. They're supposed to protect states' rights, protect states' rights from the federal government. It's the House of Representatives that is the body of the people. Abolishing the filibuster only accomplishes we're going to push, 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 push. Bad idea, though, there, Senator, considering that regardless of what else happens, nothing you're throwing at the wall is sticking. The red tsunami is still coming. Go ahead, abolish the filibuster in the Senate just in time for the Republicans to take over. How are you going to feel about that? I'm going to tell you, I still don't feel good about it. I don't trust the Republicans either, not as a political party. Far too much of the team sport instead of doing the work of the people. Far too few Republicans in the Senate are actually good conservatives fighting for the right things. Smaller government, constitutional limitation on the government, and the individual rights of the people. Those are the things that they should be fighting for. Too many of them are just Democrat light. We're going to do the same things, just not nearly as fast. That's not a solution. It's still better than the alternative. It's better than corn pop. The freaking disaster that we keep getting. Just keep pushing the gas pedal there, creepy handsy Uncle Joe. Keep pushing that accelerator and destroy this country. Of course, you can't have Ocasio-Cortez say something and not have another member of the squad uh, pipe up. Representative Ilhan Omar called for passing new control laws, too, saying, quote, The only objectives left to describe yet another school shooting are sick and tired. The only adjectives. Not objectives. I was reading too quickly. I apologize. Sick and tired of conservative extremists blocking common sense steps to reduce the risk of these atrocities, ripping away the lives of children and leaving their families to grieve their devastating losses. That's from Senator Ron Wyden, Democrat of Oregon. Excuse me, Senator. But how about we actually let the families grieve before you get up on your soapbox and start trying to play politics again? Oh, well, we got to look like we're trying to do something. The people expect us to, you know, to at least look like we care enough to you know, try to, you know, it's, it's not like we're really going to do anything unless we get a chance to take away your God-given rights and your individual liberty. Now, we'll do that in a heartbeat. You give us half a chance and we'll do it. We'll get you uh, in that nice uh, re-education camp real quick there, all you crazy conservatives. All you people like that Tim Tab guy sitting there behind his microphone talking to you directly over the airwaves in Utah. Talking directly uh, internationally around the world from the, the last frequency. Talking to you every time you... Decide to flip on over to this podcast if you're an iHeartRadio or Spotify or Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. 
Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast at, or listening on SoundCloud, or listening on YouTube for that matter. We've got a YouTube channel. Listening on Rumble, and that's where I'm going to ask everybody to start going. Please come, please come find me on Rumble and come find me on Locals. I put my first supporter uh, only content up on uh, Locals last night. It's quite the effort, actually, because I'm still learning some new software, doing some video, still trying to get better at it, and we will get better at it. Uh, right now, don't have uh, don't have very many folks over there. We we just started this past week. I invite you, please come join me. That's locals.com. Look for the Tap into the Truth community. Uh, join the community. Uh, plenty of free content is going to be popping up, and you're welcome to participate in it once you join the community. And uh, there will be supporter-only content. I'm, I'm hoping to do at least one video a week that's, that's just there only. I was talking about trying to sync up stuff over at Odyssey as well. Uh, the YouTube stuff is, uh, and Rumble have synced, but could not get YouTube to sync with Odyssey. They've got some strange rules over there. And, uh, of course, I was doing the sync and blah, 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 blah. Uh, then after a few hours, it's just like, oh, by the way, you're not eligible for automatic syncing. So I'm like, okay, I can just upload directly. But you know what? Odyssey kind of miffed. Uh, kind of made me miffed at him. So I'm like to say, just come find me on Rumble and come join me on, on Locals. Conservative extremist blocking common sense steps to re what steps to reduce these atrocities again, Senator Wyden. I mean, please, I would like to hear some more uh, details. I would like to hear something other than you and your ilk talking about how ooh, well we've really got to, you know, we we've got to curtail your rights to own the only people that are going to be affected are law-abiding citizens. It's been a while since I've played them. I've got some public service announcements that Dan Walsh uh, put up a while back. I'm going to play all three of the big ones, the, the, the ones that he loves the most. He made a point of sending and then sending them to me again. Because this is where they are at. I'm going to start with uh, gun control versus abortion because we're hearing them fight for abortion while they try to keep us from, uh, well, you know, try to keep us from having our gun rights. Going to start with that, then uh, going to transition into the regular break. So you guys stay right where you're at. I'll be back after this uh, slightly longer than usual break. We often find ourselves arguing statistics with anti-gun people, but let's put the conversation into perspective. I'll give you some stats, but also expose the anti-gun left's real motives for gun control. First of all, don't you think that anyone who really wants to save lives would focus their attention on an area where the most lives are lost? The gun grabbers like to use the number of 30 to 40,000 gun-related deaths per year. But if we take out suicides, which are 60% of those gun-related deaths, which, by the way, are not reduced by the absence of guns, and we take out law enforcement-related deaths, in other words, good guys killing bad guys, we're left with about 14,880 gun-related homicides. But here's where it gets interesting. The majority of those gun-related homicides are gang-related. So let's say we didn't have the gang problem we have in this country. 
the number of gun-related homicides shrinks to 2,976 per year in America. Now, here's another interesting fact that the anti-gun left doesn't want you to know. The majority of gang-related violence occurs in Democrat-run cities across this country that are highly gun-restricted, by the way, and often allow violent illegals safe harbor. What that means is good people living within those cities are denied their right to protect themselves against the human violence that Democrats encourage with their bad policies. Now let's compare that to some other things that the anti-gun left could be working on if they really wanted to save lives. Drunk driving takes almost 11,000 lives per year in America. 47,000 lives are lost per year in America due to suicide. Bipolar disorder and schizophrenia being two of the leading causes of suicide, not guns. But one of the biggest causes of preventable deaths in America is abortion. Almost 330,000 lives are taken per year in America by people committing abortion. Now let me give you a piece of information that the anti-self-defense crowd doesn't want you to know. How many lives do you think are saved every year because of guns? The answer is two and a half million. Every year in America, two and a half million lives are potentially saved by the use of firearms. Now this doesn't necessarily mean good guys killing bad guys. This most often means just the mere presence of a gun deters a bad guy. And 46% of those lives saved are women. This is a study that was done by Gary Kleck, a Florida criminologist, and backed by data from the CDC. So why do you think the gun grabbers never share this information? Well, some would argue that they don't really care about saving lives as much as they care about disarming their fellow citizens and preventing them from independently protecting themselves and their families. Gun control is a top-down method that puts government in charge of the lives and safety of people under the guise of public safety. It's the first step in stealing the freedom our founders fought for. The anti-left has already decided that they are willing to give up their freedom to government. The problem is, they can't have their government-controlled utopian society unless you get on board. And real Americans are clearly not getting on board. Gun control is a way of forcing you into dependence, whether you like it or not. Now, we're never going to cure the evil in the hearts of killers, but we can stop them. So, to the gun grabbers, do you really want to save lives? Then get to work on the real causes of human violence and help us restore our gun rights so good people can protect themselves. Help us save lives rather than ending them before they get a chance to take their first breath. I'm Dan Wass. To check out my webcast, go to LoadedMike.com. To check out my book series, go to GoodGunBadGuy.net. According to certain very concerned people, our freedoms are soon to be doomed. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee, you want in your cup. Ever since the founding of the United States of America, there has been a sinister cluster of Masonic globalist pigs seeking to kill, steal from, and destroy this land of liberty. Eventually, they formed the Democrat Party of slavery, urban slums, Jim Crow, and today's flat-out communism. So now Democrats, along with rhino Republicans, are alleged to be allied with the World Health Organization that, according to some, weaponized the Corona China virus in order to eliminate our unalienable rights. 
and overthrow America's national sovereignty. Without the permission of we the people, by the way, the Biden regime signed over our medical decision-making authority to the World Health Organization. The Democrats and rhinos are united with the World Health Organization's plot to enact a permanent state of emergency throughout the United States and the world, all because the elites like Charles Schwab, Bill Gates, and others seek to either enslave or eliminate us. To that I say, no way, Jose. What say you? I'm Ron Edwards. For Constitutional Grounds Coffee, go to theronedwards.com. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am back. Thank you for staying with me through that very brief break. Uh, I'm going to play some more of the Dan Wass clips because I think it's appropriate that you hear each and every one of them uh, to be refreshed. Now, if you're a longtime listener, you know there for a while I was playing these on the regular. Uh, I've only got the three. It's worthwhile. But before we get back into the topics at hand, I got to kind of sell you some services and stuff. You know, it's... It's how I try to make ends meet here, especially since you're not just blocking over to Locals.com and signing up to be a supporter of the community. Come on, guys. Come on over. Uh, five bucks to get some uh, some exclusive content, and uh, it's not a lot of money. Not a lot. All right. Anyway, uh, in a economy like this, it's probably kind of nuts to think about starting your own business, but here's the thing. Here in the United States of America, the only way that this country gets back on track is if entrepreneurs manage to ride through the destruction that we're currently seeing coming from democratic ideology and democratic policy in action. So how do entrepreneurs uh, get through the brutalities of the current establishment of the economy? Well, there's two things, and I'm going to try to sell you two. Number one, uh, it doesn't hurt to incorporate. Uh, if you were to uh, form an LLC, uh, you would have certain uh, tax advantages in doing so, and it goes a long way towards helping with that. Now, you've heard several different organizations out there that will try to help you incorporate. But here's the thing. Inc. Authority is really your best bet. They're 100% free online LLC setup service. You only pay the required state fees uh, regarding to whatever state you incorporate in. Their motto is free your dime, free your time, free your mind. And that is exactly what they do. They free your dime by you getting a chance to choose the Inc. Authority and you will save in many cases, anywhere from three hundred uh, to five hundred dollars, or possibly even more, in some situations, you free your time because, as an entrepreneur, you know every minute counts. You can avoid the risk of losing your valuable time with Ink Authority, and you free your mind <clears throat> because uh, while there can be many unknowns when starting a business, you deserve the peace of mind that your business is being filed accuracy. So included with your free LLC uh, or corporation, uh, part of the things that they do is there's a business name check. There's a registered agent available, digital storage and delivery, tax planning consultation, plus online upgrades. Uh, Everything that you need to get started is available 
right there. And yes, it is 100% free, the service that they provide. Still not exactly 100% sure how they managed to do that. But they have trusted partners like Bank of America, Chase for Business, uh, Intuit QuickBooks, uh, ADP, uh, Tap, uh, <laughs> Tap Logical, uh, just to name a few. So there it is. There will be a link in the show description. Or you can visit Tap Into The Truth. That's T-A-P-P Into The Truth dot com. Uh, scroll down past recent guests and you will see uh, the little ink logo. That's Ink Authority. And then you're going to see the little line out there. Just uh, click on that line. It will take you there and see for yourself. Now let's say you're a little further down the line. You already have your LLC, or you've already incorporated, or you're still just running a business however you uh, need to expand. You need some angel investors or just somebody to have some faith in you. Well, that's where Start Engine comes in. If you haven't heard of Start Engine, well, let me tell you something. Kevin O'Leary is one of the primary forces for Start Engine. Uh, it is your opportunity to take your business and get onto an online platform to raise money to find like-minded people that are willing to invest in your company based on your vision, your goals, your dreams. Uh, Start Engine has been mentioned in uh, Inc., in Forbes, in the Wall Street Journal, the, excuse me, the New York Times, Fortune, all of these. Uh, Publications that focus on business have talked about how phenomenal Start Engine is and how it's changing the face of angel investment. So, if you're nervous about doing this on your own, uh, guess what? You don't have to. Go over to Start Engine. Uh, you'll have a dedicated team uh, set up to help you. You'll get real time analytics as far as uh, once your uh, fundraising round is opened, you'll uh, have availability of rolling closes. You'll get help with your SEC filing, and uh, they have an already established investor network. So all you really have to do is follow a few simple steps. Number one, apply. Number two, you craft your story so that you're going to entice the investor to jump in. Number three, you're going to set your own terms. You establish what your minimum uh, fundraising goal is and what your maximum is. You prepare your legal documents. Uh, Start Engine will help you with that. And then you review your financials. And then da, 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 you choose your path. You got regulation crowdfunding. Then you've got uh, regulation uh, A+. Both of those are a little different, but those are things you don't have to worry about until you've decided to sign up. So why Start Engine? Well... Kevin O'Leary, you probably know him better as Mr. Wonderful. He says that it is the number one way to raise funding. So, uh, you know, again, there's a link in the show description. Click on the link or copy the link, paste it into your web browser, depending on if the link in its entirety is live. This is a shorter link, so there's a good chance that it will be. The whole thing could possibly be live. If, however, you see uh, wherever platform you're listening to the show at, if you see the link isn't uh, entirely 
live, then just copy the whole thing and paste it in your web browser, please. That way they know I sent you. And again, same rules apply if you're not uh, in a position to uh, go and do that right now. Then a little bit later, just come visit me at Tap Into The Truth. That's T-A-P-P into the truth.com. So uh, whether you're looking to set up your LLC or if you're just looking for uh, investing, looking for some investors, uh, those two solutions are very good solutions. All right, let's get back at it. Let's play the next Don Wass uh, PSA. Uh, we're going to look at uh, the call to not be a statistic. Let's talk about guns purely from a self-defense perspective. How many people are there in America? Well, if you said just over 300 million, you're correct. It's closer to 325 million. Now, let me ask you this. How many acts of violence are there per year in America? Well, if you said just over 1 million, you're correct. It's approximately 1.2 to 1.3 million. So if there are just over 300 million people in America and just over 1 million acts of violence occurring in America every year, what are your chances of being the victim of one of those attacks? Well, if you said 1 in 300, you're correct. I don't know about you, but I don't like those odds. I know your odds might change depending on where you live, but if you live in an area with less crime, wouldn't that make someone else's odds go up? I mean, the number of people in America didn't change, and the number of violent attacks per year didn't change. Some of the highest crime rates in America are in Democrat-run cities where there are the strictest and most restrictive gun laws in the country, putting good people at risk because they can't defend themselves. The anti-gun left and anti-freedom groups like the Everytown Gun Grabbers continue to paint a dishonest picture of guns in America by telling you that guns cause violence. This is why they push the term gun violence. It's to help people who aren't paying attention believe that if we were to remove guns, the violence would magically go away. The truth is, not having a gun is more likely to make you a victim of violence. Two and a half million times per year in America, guns are used to save lives. This doesn't necessarily mean good guys killing bad guys. This most often means just the mere presence of a gun deters a bad guy. And by the way, 46% of those defensive gun uses are by women. The more guns are restricted, the more people are put at risk. The people who try to scare you and convince you that guns are the problem ignore the fact that we're all potential for being a 1 in 300 statistic. The people who ignore this are the same people who will purchase a lottery ticket with a 1 in 20 million chance of winning. They ignore the facts when pushing their agenda, and they know the odds that they're creating are dangerous. Human violence in America is not an argument for more gun restrictions. It's an argument for more guns in the hands of good people. So regardless of how desperate the anti-gun left is to disarm Americans, we've found a simple and effective way to defend yourself from violent attacks, rapes, carjackings, or shootings. Shoot back. Anti-gun hypocrisy has run rampant because of a dishonest media and an anti-gun political party that's willing to sacrifice our great American values, put good people at risk, and destroy cities with unnecessary violence just so they can gain political power. It's time we understand their strategy so we can defeat them. Our founding fathers saw these tyrants coming over 200 years away.
That's why the Second Amendment was written. I'm Dan Wass. To check out my webcast, go to LoadedMike.com. To check out my book series, go to GoodGunBadGuy.net. And I highly recommend you check out the website and follow the Good Guy, Bad Gun uh, podcast and everything that Dan is doing these days. He's continuing to build his presence. By all means, go visit, check it out. Going to play one more Dan Wass PSA real quick, and then we'll finish out this hour continuing on the topic of why I'm so angry. And it has a lot to do with Democrats uh, once again missing the mark and deciding that uh, God-given rights that are enumerated as protected under the Constitution uh, must be sacrificed in the name of uh, whatever it is they seem to think they're going to accomplish. Uh, anyway, here's Dan one more time. It's not so unbelievable that governments would want to disarm their citizens, but that citizens would beg to be disarmed by their government is a much scarier thought. We've seen government control most recently in Venezuela where citizens are left to defend themselves against a violent government by throwing rocks because not too long ago they were disarmed by that very government under the guise of gun safety. Gun control laws like the ones in Venezuela are exactly what our political left in America would like to see here. As a mother, I am terrified. I have four children in our public school system, and if they knew that their teachers were potentially carrying a gun... They want to be disarmed by our government so badly that they protest in the streets, demanding that government take away their rights. All for that assault weapons ban, to keep these weapons of war out of the hands of civilians who do not need them. All for the prohibition of high-capacity magazines, because no hunter will ever need access to a magazine that can kill 17 in mere minutes. How does this happen? Well, it's complicated, but it starts with very powerful propaganda targeted at people who can't think, people who have been taught to believe that freedom is dangerous. People who can't think for themselves are targeted from many directions, schools, movies, news sources, and even their own friends and family. And once they're on board with the anti-gun fear campaign, they continue to perpetuate the irrational gun fear. Well, they have to justify their position, right? Also, yeah. don't need home protection. Um, oh. You don't. You don't need guns for home protection. You don't want to bring more guns into a situation. The answer to solving violence is not more violence. Gun fear is cultivated purely for the purpose of gun control support. But the people who spread it don't always know that they've been misled. They think they're doing a good thing. These same people are taught to hate gun owners. They're taught that gun owners are recklessly and intentionally putting everyone in danger. They're taught that gun owners are the enemy, and more government control will protect them from the enemy. Why does anybody need an assault rifle if they're not going to war? I don't think there's any reason to have 33 bullets in a killing machine that you can take into a place like a school. Watch these anti-gun activist groups in action, and you can't help but ask yourself if they have any clue what the real results would be if they were successful. So what's the real problem here? Is it really guns, or is this about something else? I mean, do guns cause violence? How do we let the gun grabbers hijack the conversation and direct the focus to firearms when we all know we really should be talking about what causes human violence? You see, if we were to look at what causes human violence in this country, we'd be forced to look at gang violence, open borders, sanctuary cities, rampant pharmaceutical drug use, and gun-free zones all things that the anti-gun political left supports. 
So to the anti-gunners, why in the world would you want your government to take away your rights? The Second Amendment is not a privilege. It's your right. I'm Dan Wass. To check out my webcast, go to LoadedMike.com. To check out my book series, go to GoodGunBadGuy.net. All right, and uh, definitely, uh, you do need to check out everything Dan's doing. He's done a lot of, uh, a lot of just strong arguments, uh, pro Second Amendment, uh, just down the pike. He does great stuff all the time. He's been on the show before. He was always a great guest. He realized that uh, he wanted to be more than just a guest. He wanted to be that leading voice, and he has really stepped up. And right now is uh, a time that we definitely need it more than any other. Meanwhile, we have a president, well, at least a guy who's supposed to be president, who's out there uh, threatening China. Oh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to do stuff in Taiwan, even though, again, for the third time he says it, and for the third time uh, his people have to walk it back. He's out here trying to uh, discuss the fact that uh, we're doing a, a transition. It's a, a great transition. Again, part of the plan. They talked about uh, this economic situation and gasoline uh, breaking $8 a gallon uh, a decade ago. This was their pipe dream. This is how they move us away from fossil fuel. Uh, they make it so expensive that eventually the alternative is better. But there's nothing they're offering that's better. And the same thing with this gun control argument. They use the phrasing common sense gun control. But they not once back it up with what their plan actually is. All they'll do is criticize a conservative when a conservative offers up something that statistically, empirically works Every time you can reduce this violence that's being carried out by individuals, this man-caused violence, this people violence, as Dan kept uh, referring to it, as human violence, you, uh, you have this ability to kind of to pare it back if they believe that there is an opportunity for somebody to take them out before they get to make their statement. Their statement, of course, being trying to kill innocent people. You know, I I really, if there's a senator or a representative that genuinely feels that uh, what they need to try to do is once again go stump for trying to remove constitutional uh, enumerated rights, uh, then by all means, do it. Go ahead. But couldn't, couldn't you just wait long enough for the death count to stop rising? Couldn't you just wait long enough for families to at least go through the first few days of mourning? Couldn't you wait? I mean, the crisis is not gone. It's not over. You don't have to let the crisis go to waste. But could you not give us a moment to breathe, to feel the remorse that, that we have fellow Americans that are suffering, that have lost loved ones or have loved ones teetering on the edge of life or death. 
couldn't you wait just just a few days before you take this social well no i i've got to make a name for myself by demanding something this is how people notice me and it's an election year for me so no i can't wait i can't actually demonstrate some human decency if it means that someone else might beat me to the punch might say what i'm planning on saying a little sooner than i did then I just seem like a copycat. Then I just seem like Biden. I'm a lying plagiarist. Which is a factual statement about Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. I, I don't know, guys. I keep scratching my head. I keep, I, I keep expecting human decency from people who have demonstrated over and over again it's just not in them so i guess i'm the one who has the problem it's got to be me right i'm the one who, uh, the same thing keeps happening and i keep expecting a different result i'm the crazy one okay i can live with that but i don't think it's an unreasonable expectation perhaps it's an unrealistic one but i don't think it's unreasonable I think if we all got together in a single voice and started demanding it, they would have little choice but to at least pretend like they genuinely care instead of, oh, oh, look, somebody just got shot. Here's my chance to go in front of a TV camera. Here's my chance to run a new campaign ad, and the people that typically vote for me, they'll eat this up because they're too dumb to know I'm just taking away their freedom. Ha <laughs> ha. America, I openly weep for us sometimes because we have let it get to this. All right, that's going to have to be it for hour number one. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, don't go anywhere. Hour number two will start right after this. If you are listening to the rebroadcast on Terrestrial Radio, tune in again the same time tomorrow. I will talk about something else in hour number two. Uh, but I'm still probably going to be a little angry. So, you know, just tune back in see what happens. In the meanwhile, don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort. And most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. In the meanwhile, one special message with meaning for my good friend living at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, Mr. Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. Hey, Brandon. This is Tim Tapp. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go. Kid, 
Tried to live like the parents. Welcome to today's broadcast of Tap Into the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing. With all the usual caveats, of course, along with a few extra caveats. Uh, caveats like if you happen to be a senator or a member of the House of Representatives with a D at the end of your name and you can't wait till the freaking bodies are cold before you go in front of a microphone, before you go to social media, before you start talking about how constitutionally protected God-given rights must be stripped from law-abiding American citizens because somebody went nuts in a school and started shooting people. You, like everybody else as part of the regular caveats, you're not a good person. You don't deserve to have a good day. You may not agree, but you'd be wrong. Yeah, I'm still a little fired up. This is hour number two of a two-hour broadcast that took place on uh, May the 24th, 2022. There was a shooting today in Texas at a school. Time of the live broadcast, I have not double-checked. But about an hour ago, when I first started airing this broadcast, uh, the death toll was up to 20. With expectations of that number rising before morning. That's horrific. 
But I've got to change the topic. I've literally spent the entirety of the first hour, with the exception of the, the short break that we took, and uh, playing some of the Dan Wass uh, PSAs that I had, uh, reminding people his take on some of the gun control issues. Spent the entire hour talking about the single topic, and, and not even really so much talking about the shooting as much as the Democratic reaction to it. But i got to talk about some other stuff because here it is. We're being lectured about how we conservatives are horrible people because we want to maintain our constitutionally protected and enumerated God-given rights to own and bear firearms. Because we understand that the answer to bad guys with guns is more good guys with guns. Statistically, it's proven each and every time if you take the time to look at areas with higher gun ownership per capita compared to areas with lower gun ownership per capita, uh, where there are more guns, there is less violent crime. And less crime altogether, but much, much less violent crime. There was a reason for that. But hey, you know, if you're a leftist, you don't like facts and information, and uh, naturally— uh, there's this very simple basic truth, and that is numbers don't lie. But there are certainly no shortage of leftists who lie about the numbers. They manipulate the statistics to prove their point, and then they never admit that they've manipulated the statistics. I, for one, refuse to be lectured about how we are not doing enough to protect uh, lives when these people are literally threatening to show up and harm or kill any conservative, any Christian that still believes that abortion is wrong and that Roe v. Wade should have never uh, existed, let alone uh, have been considered the law of the land. But we are literally at a point where pro-life leaders right now are preparing for the threatened summer of rage. Their words, not ours. Pro-life activists are eagerly anticipating the long-awaited Supreme Court decision that is expected to overturn Roe v. Wade. But you see, there's this dark cloud that's looming over this very hopeful victory. This summer of rage and protesting promised by pro-murder of the pre-born human activists. That's what we're facing this summer, and we're having to get ready for it. We have panicked and angry abortion supporters that have already announced this summer of rage following the leak of that draft opinion that indicated that the justice were preparing to overturn Roe v. Wade. These abortion activists kicked off protest with a bans off our bodies demonstration, largely led by the Women's March group. Uh, that was back on May 14th. Now, the murder of the preborn groups nationally have called for a large-scale backlash to the momentous news, including protesting at the homes. I, I should remind you, illegally protesting at the homes of Supreme Court justices and even in Catholic churches. Around the country, pro-life clinics and centers have reported vandalism, threats, and violence, and a May 13 Department of Homeland Security memo revealed that government officials are investigating threats to the justices, the clerks, to places of worship, and to abortion clinics. 
But pro-life leaders who spoke uh, with various media outlets, including The Blaze, The Daily Wire, The Daily Caller, they expressed confidence in their ability to continue to serve mothers and babies and promised to conduct themselves with dignity in the face of any anger or vitriol. One quote here uh, said, We will not be intimidated or silenced to stop working for the day when both moms and babies are given full dignity, protection, and support. This from uh, Janine uh, Mancini. I'm sorry. Sorry, Janine. She happens to head up the massive March for Life uh, annually in Washington, D.C. Now, activists have been working and praying for nearly 50 years now for Roe to be overturned. Mancini said that emphasizing that the March for Life is committed to restoring a culture of life in our country and that her organization condemns violence in any form, including violence in the womb. And on the contrary, witness to the beauty of life through loving, peaceful protest. The pro-life Susan B. Anthony list is urging authorities to uphold the law and to protect free speech, the right to peacefully assemble, and also the homes and offices of pro-life individuals and groups, according to the SBA's list, Vice President of Communications, uh, Malloy Carroll. Quoting here, she said, Abortion is violence against the unborn and their mothers. It is not surprising that this hostility would spill over towards those who advocate for life. SBA list will answer calls for a summer of rage with a continuation of our service to mothers and their children. Our movement is more committed than ever to build the pro-life safety net, supporting our pregnancy centers and meeting the needs of women and families, walking alongside them with love. I, I have to take a moment to take a breath. We are looking at a time where the left is literally trying to tell us that they're the good guys. While they support violence from leftists for causes that they're okay with. They see something like the shooting in Buffalo, New York, the school shooting in Texas. And they say, oh, conservatives are creating this environment that fosters this kind of behavior. It's, it's Fox News. It's Tucker Carlson. It's white supremacy. It's this white supremacist nation tainted from the start, tainted from 1619. Well, let me tell you something, guys. If you have to go all the way back to 1619 to start your griping about what's wrong with the country, then there's a lot of history that you're ignoring. Not instantly better, but a long, hard path that we have walked together to build something better. 
And what makes it even worse, boys and girls, if you're buying into the 1619 Project, uh, pay close attention to the fact that even several left-leaning conser- uh, I'm sorry, left-leaning historians have criticized the 1619 Project for its lack of historical accuracy. Meaning that not only did they have to go all the way back to 1619 to start really griping about something, but they couldn't even be honest with you about it then. If these are the people you're listening to, don't expect the truth about anything else either. Abortion is violence. Silence is not violence. Murdering a pre-born human child is violence. Refusing to play the pronoun game is not violence. There's a lot of people that seem to be really confused these days because words don't mean what they used to mean. Well, guess what? Actually, they do. It's just the left wants to convince you that they don't. The only way they stand a chance of winning the argument is by controlling the language, and they know that if they can twist a word like equity into meaning something like an equal outcome instead of what it should mean, uh, you building up value in something by virtue of buying in in some fashion. That's what equity is. Equity requires effort. These people are literally running the streets and ready to do all kinds of violence. And not one, not one person currently sitting in Washington, D.C. with a D at the end of their name. Okay, I take it back. There was one. But other than the one, none of them were willing to stand up and say, hey, guys, you know, maybe we shouldn't be protesting in front of the um, in front of the justices houses. Because it's illegal. It's a violation of federal law. And it's an attempt to intimidate and influence a judge. Not something I'd be able to get away with. Why do they? Well, you see, because they're on the right side. No, you're not. If your side is for murdering as of yet, pre-born human babies, then you're on the wrong side. Oh, but Jim, it's still just a clump of cells. It's not a baby yet. Really? Tell me any other situation where that's the case. Was in a discussion today, actually. Is a tadpole a frog? Then a fetus is a baby. Well, yeah, but then still no, because it's a tadpole. What's the tadpole going to become? Is the tadpole alive? Oh, yeah, clearly it's alive. It's a different stage of life, but it is still life nonetheless. When you take two living cells and they merge to create a new life form, at that moment, new life has begun. New life that will be a human. It's not going to turn into a litter of puppies. It's not going to turn into a bushel of blackberries. And it's not going to turn into an Apache attack helicopter, no matter how many times my youngest daughter keeps trying to tell me that that's what she identifies as. 
Now, you can say what you want to about it, and you can make whatever argument. Oh, a woman has a right to choose. Yes, a woman does have a right to choose. A woman has a right to choose a multitude of techniques that will keep her from becoming pregnant until she's ready to have that child. There's a multitude of ways. Well, what about rape or incest or the life of the mother? Well, you know, that happens so rarely. Yeah, we can go ahead and throw those exceptions in with any of the laws that you want to push. And it's going to affect fewer than 1% of the people that want to get the abortion. And the Democrats keep lying to you. They keep lying to you saying, Well, nearly 80% of Americans support Roe. Uh, no, not, not really. Nearly 80% of Americans believe that up until the first trimester may be safe and rare availability should be there. And the only reason there's that many Americans that believe that is because that's been the idea for a long time. That's literally what most Americans believe Roe does. They have no idea that in places like New York and uh, there for a little while Virginia and uh, other heavily democratically controlled states that they have exceeded the confines of what was considered uh, viability in Roe a long time ago. They have far exceeded that. The limitation should never be in uh, uh, let's allow the murder of preborn later and later the closer it gets to Clearly, being a living, breathing, outside-of-the-womb child, it should be, if you're going to allow it at all, closer and closer to a stage that is not yet easily recognizable as a human. Now, I, for one, I'm not even there. I, I'm, I'm firmly in the camp that uh, life begins at conception. I do not believe that you can have two living cells that merge together and not pretend, somehow pretend that that is not a new living thing. How, how can you accomplish this in your mind? Well, you can justify anything if you're a leftist, Tim. Uh, you know that. I mean, that's not a failing common uh, to just leftist. Uh, we all have our moments of justification. But in this particular instance, it's abhorrent to think that this is uh, an honest mindset that somebody honestly believes that, well, this is simply about oh, women's bodily autonomy. Again, the same people that were telling me just a few months ago, you better get another booster shot, mister, and put that mask back on. What about my bodily autonomy? I don't want to say it doesn't count. You're right, a white male, and you're Christian to boot. Oh, just sit down and shut up, Tab. You've got no business talking about anything like this. I'm a man who has nothing but daughters. Don't have a son. All daughters. But I would not consider them becoming pregnant a punishment And I would heavily, and I, I'm certainly not going to control them lives. I'm not going to attempt to control it. But if I'm asked, I'm going to heavily encourage them, find a way to bring that life into the world, whatever the circumstances may be. The only exemption that, in my mind, is conceivable is 
in the event that the actual life of my daughter would be in question. So the life of the mother, uh, you have a right to self-defense when it comes down to it. So you don't have to sacrifice yourself in those instances. But beyond that, I believe in the sanctity of life, and that even goes outside of my religious viewpoint. I believe in the sanctity. I believe life is precious. I believe it's a gift, and I believe that there is untapped potential that should be allowed to flourish. Now, maybe that potential goes in a negative way. Maybe you're about to have the next Bernie Sanders. Maybe you're about to give birth to the next AOC. Maybe you're about to give birth to the next Mussolini. I I don't know, but also you – Conversely, maybe about to give birth to the next Mother Teresa or the next Mahagandhi. Now, maybe, especially if you're related to me, you're going to give birth to the next version of me. I'm all about that. I, the rest of the world probably would be reluctant, and I don't blame you, but hey, I, I see that as a good thing. The world could use a little more of me. <laughs> uh, at least I think so. I, you're entitled to disagree with me on that one. It's one of the few times that I will permit it on the show. You are free to disagree. All right, I'm going to jump into this uh, next story so that I'll have time to try to sneak two in before the end of the broadcast. Um, Just understand, you know, these people are trying to lecture us about gun violence when it's really human violence that just so happens to be carried out with a gun. And uh, statistically, we've seen that if guns aren't available, it'll be carried out with something else. Uh, that big rock over there, um, that hammer you have there, you know, um, slingshot. People do stuff. Violent people are going to commit acts of violence. So, you know, stop lecturing me about gun control when you're still okay with people doing whatever. Somebody like me, if I happen to stand up and hold up a sign that says, uh, down with Roe v. Wade. I hold up a sign that says, choose life, not murder the pre-born. Or even if I just say, hey, you know there's another option besides just killing that baby. Anyway, let's let's transition. I, I'm still trying to calm down from the anger I felt about Democrats just once again playing politics before they were dead. Before they were done even taking injured people out of the school, there were people in front of cameras for crying out loud, you big bunch of Democrats, can't you just give it a break? Anyway, story that might help me to feel a little bit better, because it's kind of a positive story, sort of. By now, I'm guessing if you're a regular listener to the show, then you're probably familiar with the Babylon Bee. I have highly recommended the Babylon Bee. I've shared a multitude of their stories on social media, as have a lot of other folks. Their headlines are fantastic, and their satire stories are even better. See, here's the weird thing. Seems like if you wait long enough, some of their satirical stories end up transitioning from simply being satire to, well, being eerily accurate. See, it goes so far, uh, as I say, Ben uh, Zesloft actually said that uh, the Babylon Bee is a a satire outlet, at least in theory. See, as time goes on, the Christian website quite literally 
standing in the tradition of the biblical prophets uh, by telling the future with uncanny precision. This past Monday, uh, the Babylon Bee CEO, Seth Dillon, list, uh, released a list of nearly 70 pieces of satire that he says have come true. Uh, quoting here, Jesters do oft prove prophets. Uh, this, of course, was Dylan remarking, quoting from William Shakespeare's King Lear. Uh, Dylan was speaking to the Daily Wire when he said, quote, I don't think we're all that good at predicting the future. I think we're just bad at staying ahead of reality. So uh, what are some of the examples, you may be asking? Well, the Babylon Bee fulfilled prophecies uh, back in May of 2017 uh, when the outlet published an article entitled 2 plus 2 equals 4, insist closed-minded bigot. Uh, this, of course, was a reference to 1984 by George Orwell, in which loyalty to the novel's totalitarian regime is believing the lie that 2 plus 2 equals 5. Back in December of 2021, USA Today covered a debate among math educators regarding purported racial bias in mathematics. So as time goes on, many of the Babylon Bee's predictions are fulfilled days after they were publicized. In one article called Surviving Inflation, Nine Easy Ways to Save Money on Your Thanksgiving This Year, the outlet suggested that Americans should replace turkey with a can of Spam, you know, to avoid the inflation-related cost. A mere 10, late, a mere 10 days later, an NBC segment uh, likewise argued that families should find turkey alternatives due to rising prices levels. Most recently, the Babylon Bee published an article entitled Disinformation Governance Board Determines All Criticism of Disinformation Governance Board to Be Disinformation. Well, less than three weeks later, barely there, Beijing Biden's Disinformation Guidance Board was indeed overcome by disinformation, or at least that's what they claimed. Uh, quoting here, once again from Dylan, the people working hardest to turn the world into a parody of itself should get the most of the credit. They're the reason our satire comes through. So last year, Babylon Bee Editor-in-Chief Kyle Mann and Managing Editor Joel Berry, uh, once again speaking to the Daily Wire, said that their prophetic gift is rooted in, quote, just thinking like a leftist. Uh, that's a scary thing to do, guys. Anyway, uh, Barry said, What's the most insane thing that these people could do right now? And that's what's going to happen in two weeks. Mann added to that, saying, quote, I think Democrats every morning just pull up the Babylon Bee, and that's where they get their policy ideas. So beyond the humor... Uh, the team behind the Babylon Bee does indeed draw its mission from their faith. That's the part that a lot of people maybe kind of miss. Satirists deconstruct and mock things, and that's part of the job. But as Christians, they're literally trying to not just do that, but to point people beyond that, 
to where the truth and where the hope is. Looking back at the biblical prophets, people like Daniel, for example, who lived their lives in exile in these foreign lands, well, it does lend some perspective. As you see things seemingly crumble all around you, nothing really seems to be going well. You worry about the future. Remember that perspective and remember that God is still on his throne. Now, the Babylon Bee has also uh, recently warned some unlikely fans, including Tesla and SpaceX CEO Elon Musk. The multi-billionaire even consulted with uh, Dylan before buying a substantial stake in Twitter, from which the Babylon Bee had recently been suspended. So the message is getting out, and people are noticing. And it's a good thing, because the Babylon Bee is absolutely hilarious until you recognize that it's not just funny. It's also pretty scary. They just keep coming back. The Babylon Bee writes a story that's supposed to be biting satirical commentary. And in the moment, those of us of conservative uh, leaning, uh, we chuckle. And then seriously, in some cases, it may not even be a full week before what they put out as satire has come true completely. So then the question is, is this really even close to being prophetic or... Is this really just where we're at as a civilization today? Are we literally living in a time where the craziest, wildest, most irresponsible and ridiculous thing you can think of ends up becoming exactly what's going to happen? I tend to think it's probably that one. But hey, that's just me spiffballing a little bit. Let's go ahead and take uh, that mid-hour break, and then we will continue right after this. You guys don't go anywhere. Uh, let's jump right into the Edwards Notebook. The World Health Organization is poised to make decisions concerning your health and medical care beginning May 22nd. This is yet more evidence that exposes the American federal government's total disregard for your unalienable rights. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee, regime leader Biden allegedly signed an agreement with the WHO that usurps your God-given unalienable right of self-determination concerning the health and well-being of you and your family. This globalist effort is already in effect in Australia, where the WHO has been granted the authority to declare what constitutes a pandemic by changing the definition. The World Health Organization goons would decide, with Biden's permission, what quarantine requirements are. They could unilaterally decide to put you in a quarantine center, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. The WHO would also decide how to prevent or treat the new disease and could prevent real cures from we the people. This has already been experienced here in the United States during the recent scandemic. Although the globalists both here and abroad do not care what we think about their deviant plans, we the people must stand united and massively against such misguided measures. 
Contact your representatives and urge them to scuttle this medical madness and pray for your republic. I'm Ron Edwards. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. Things that you say on the world stage keep getting walked back. They're not getting walked back. It made it sound like, just in the last couple days, uh, it sounded like you told U.S. troops they were going to Ukraine. It sounded like you said it was possible the U.S. would use a chemical weapon, and it sounded like you were calling for regime change in Russia, and we know... None of the three occurred. None of the three occurred? None of the three. But the Ukrainian people, Ukrainian people have a lot of backbone. They have a lot of guts, and I'm sure you're observing it. And I don't mean just the military, which is we've been trained in since back when they uh, Russia moved into uh, in, in the southeast southeast um, Ukraine, but also the average citizen. Look at how they're stepping up. Look at how they're stepping up. And you're going to see when you're there. And you've, some of you have been there. And we know none of the three occurred. Weapons could, if chemical weapons were used in Ukraine, would that trigger a military response from NATO? It would. Re- it would trigger a response in kind. And we know none of the three occurred. For God's sake, this man cannot remain power. And we know none of the three occurred. And finally, new rule of something about the human race is changing at a previously unprecedented rate. We have to at least discuss it. Broken down over time, the LGBT population of America seems to be roughly doubling every generation. According to a recent Gallup poll, less than 1% of Americans born before 1946, that's Joe Biden's generation, identify that way. 2.6% of boomers do, 4.2% of Gen X, 10.5% of millennials, and 20.8% of Gen Z. Which means if we follow this trajectory, we will all be gay in 2054. I'm just saying that when things change this much, this fast, people are allowed to ask, what's up with that? All the babies are in the wrong bodies? Was there a mix-up at the plant, like with Cap'n Crunch's Oops All Berries? (laughs) It wasn't that long ago when adults asked a kid, what do you want to be when you grow up? They meant, what profession? In the wake of America about to lose abortion rights, the ACLU recently tweeted a list of those who would be disproportionately harmed by this. You would think women might top that list. No, wasn't even on the list. Second on the list was LGBT. Really? Abortion rights affects gay and trans people more than, you know, breeders? I'm happy for LGBT folks that we now live in an age where they can live their authentic lives openly. And we should always be mindful of respecting and protecting. But someone needs to say it. Not everything's about you. Inconceivable! 
Yes, indeed. Inconceivable that somebody of the left would tell the truth about the left. Yeah, Bill Mark. Uh, we talked a little bit about that uh, on the last broadcast, and, uh, you know, it's still going on. Uh, every major media outlet except for HBO has been talking about how Bill Maher is just such a hateful bigot for even pointing out that, hey, you know, either Ohio is shaming them or California's creating them. Uh, a reference to why, if this is a natural phenomenon, why does it seem to be regional? Yeah, that's a good point. A lot of good points that he made, and uh, hit it with humor. All right, I'm going to try to actually sneak in uh, two quick stories. going to start with this next one. Uh, the Texas School Board group uh, left the National School Board Association after a report on the domestic terrorism letter that uh, came out this past week. Now, the letter we've known about for some time now, but a new report said that uh, uh, part of the original draft of the letter literally was asking the DOJ to utilize all of the power and authority that they had to not just treat parents who were showing up at school board meetings like domestic terrorists, but to actually start trying to round them up and uh, prevent them from even showing up at some of these school board meetings. It ended up being a lot worse than uh, we initially thought. At any rate, the Texas Association of School Boards, uh, TASB for short, has announced that it is leaving its membership with the National School Board Association following a letter the group sent to the Department of Justice asking it to crack down on threats of violence and acts of intimidation at local school board meetings, which, quote, could be the equivalent to a form of domestic terrorism and hate crimes. Now, the TSBA Executive Director, Dan Troxell, uh, shared the announcement in a press release on Monday of this past week following an independent investigation into the letter commissioned by the NSBA. Now, when I say this past week, that actually technically mean yesterday, time of the live broadcast being a Tuesday. Uh, Dan Troxell said, quote, We have been intently waiting for the release of this independent investigation for nearly two months. With this report now available, it's clear that NSBA's internal processes and controls do not meet the good governance practices that TASB expects and requires in a member organization. Now, Troxel then added that the NSBA's new leadership had made some improvements, but the changes were not enough to alter the TASB's decision. Saying, quote, our decision to end our membership in the NSBA will not impact TS TASB's work to ensure Texas public education has a strong voice and presence in Washington, D.C. As always, we're focused on supporting our members and the advancement of their advocacy agenda, both here in Austin and in the nation's capital. Now, the thing you really need to know about the TS, I'm sorry, TASB, well, it represents more than 5.4 million students across the state of Texas. 
That makes it one of the largest school board associations in the country. So naturally, that's a big chunk of the power that the National Association had. It literally represents 5.4 million students. Now, the decision makes Texas one of 30 states that have distanced themselves from the National Association in recent months over this controversial letter that was sent to Meritless, a.k.a. Merrick Garland, and many of those organizations in these 30 states have just flat out left the National Association altogether. Now, Parents Defending Education, a nonprofit group that describes itself as a national grassroots organization working to reclaim our schools from activists imposing harmful agendas, well, they listed the following states that have all distanced themselves from the NSBA. Uh, this list includes Alabama, Arizona, Arkansas, Delaware, Florida, Georgia, Idaho, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Minnesota, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, New Hampshire, New Jersey, North Carolina, North Dakota, Ohio, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, Virginia, West Virginia, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. A few of those are a little bit of a surprise, quite honestly. I was very surprised to see Illinois on that list, but uh, I think parents are waking up even if elected officials aren't. Now, this independent investigation noted that while the NSBA had previously apologized for the letter, that interim CEO and executive director Chip Slavin was, quote, behind the letter, both in origin and substance, and prematurely had exchanges with a senior education advisor at the White House on the letter's release. Now, Slavin, Slavin wrote the letter in response to the ongoing tension at local school board meetings that was made manifest by the divide in public opinion in the then ongoing debate about when and how public school students should return to in-person instruction. All of this, of course, following the COVID-19 lockdowns that had schools shut down. At the end of the day, this is a case of folks realizing that something needed to be done. You cannot continue to add your voice and give part of your power to a larger organization just because you think you're going to be heard. If that larger organization doesn't actually voice your concerns, doesn't actually represent you. A school system should fully understand at any given point in time that each and every member of that system, whether it's an elected school board official, whether it's a professional educator, whether it's part of the janitorial staff, every person that's involved with that school system should understand, point blank, no question, no doubt, they work for the parents of that district. Period. Your check may come from the county. Your check may come from a city. Your check may come directly from the state. But you work for the parents of that district. 
because that's where the money to the county or to the state or for the city, that's where it comes from, those parents, in the form of taxes. It's not just something you're entitled to, boys and girls. That's the source of your income. And even if it wasn't, that's the nature of the job. And it always has been. And just because suddenly you have some woke activists that are taking up the role of educators doesn't change the fact that your job is still to teach in accordance to the will of the parents of the district. I would highly recommend more states continue to withdraw because that will eventually shrink what little bit of power this organization will have remaining. All right. You know what? I just realized I didn't try to sell you anything this uh, hour. So before I dive into this last story, and it will probably be the last one, if I can sneak one more in, I'll try. But it'll kind of be related. But I do still need to try to sell you something. In fact, uh, let's try to sell you two somethings. Uh, are you planning on getting married? I mean, we are entering that season. We're we're getting into spring, late spring, heading into summer. Lots of folks like to get married in these months. Are you one of those people? Or do you know somebody who is? Well, guess what? Whether it's you or someone you know, maybe just maybe, might be a good idea to go over to honeyfund.com. Yeah, I know, sounds kind of funny, but here it is. Once you know what they're up to, this is a company that Robert O'Leary, a.k.a. Mr. Wonderful, invested in on the spot and is still a paid spokesperson and one of the, the top dogs with this company. It is a company that I, in fact, have a very tiny, small equity stake in. So, you know, I I admit that. So, you know, that I have some personal potential gain if you utilize the service. But here's the thing. Honeymoons happen through HoneyFund.com. They are literally the most trusted honeymoon registry site on the Internet. And funding your honeymoon is literally their business. So go sign up for a HoneyFund page. And then wedding guests can make direct contributions, and those contributions become cash, cash in your hand, cash you can use to travel uh, to fantastic destinations for a honeymoon or any other savings goals you might have uh, planned. You know, sign up, see how it is that their very simple but very powerful cash registry system is better than any of their competitors and how you can use it for paying for your honeymoon or as a down payment for a new home together, or literally any other savings gold you may have as part of your new life together. That's honeyfund.com. There will be a link in the show description, but this one's pretty simple and straightforward. You shouldn't even have to do the copy and paste thing. shouldn't even have to hit the uh, thing. Just honeyfund.com. And then after you've done that, what's the very next thing that you're going to need? Well, if you're a guy, maybe a tuxedo would be in order. You know, one of the affiliate uh, relationships that I have is with a company called 
fine tuxedos. Most, uh, very surprisingly, a lot of folks who visit tapintothetruth.com are still visiting fine tuxedos, even though I rarely talk about them on the show, and I really do. They're not just a seasonal thing. I, I tend to start mentioning it as we go into prom season, and, and now we're into wedding season. The point of the matter here is they're a great company to deal with because why would you rent a tuxedo when you can own one for, in some cases, uh, right at the cost or even less than what it costs to rent them? And we're talking high-quality, name-brand tuxedos and all kinds of accessories, everything from ascots to bow ties to uh, cummerbunds, anything, and they've got all kinds of other formal wear as well. So uh, just check out uh, Fine Tuxedos. There will be a link in the show description. And as always, if for some reason uh, you see that part of the link's not active, then just copy the whole link, paste it into your web browser, and go visit. Uh, and uh, if you can't do that right now, and then later on you get thinking about it, say, yeah, I really could use some formal wear. Uh, come visit me at tapintothetruth.com. That's T-A-P-P into the truth.com. And from there, you will be able to scroll down past the recent guest segment, a little segment right there on the homepage where you first land. To scroll on down, you'll start seeing banners and buttons of all kinds, and you will find the formal wear leader's as well, fine tuxedos. You'll see the banners. Just click on it. It'll work just the same. By doing that, they know I sent you. Now, I came across this story, and it's just, it's not a big news story. You're probably not going to hear a whole lot of coverage about it, which means it's usually the kind of story that I was gravitating towards for most of the 10 years I've been doing this, because I like covering stuff that not everybody is. But it is something that uh, you're probably going to hear about and then you'll forget quickly because in the grand scheme, it's not a big deal. But it so encapsulates so, encapsulate so much of what's wrong with our body politic right now. Walmart. Yes, that's right. Walmart. The Walmart. Sam Walton's dream turned into a nightmare. Uh, Walmart found themselves apologizing today, May 24th, 2022 for releasing a Juneteenth-themed ice cream. Okay, so why are they apologizing? Well, they apologized after this woke backlash from critics on social media. Now, the retail giant issued a statement on Tuesday apologizing for the Celebration Edition ice cream that was released by the Great Values brand. That's their in-store generic brand. Uh, it's not the greatest, but as far as ice cream is concerned, it's, it's not that bad. Now, this celebration edition was a red velvet cheesecake flavored, uh, created to match the celebratory red, yellow, green, and black colors used for Juneteenth. Uh, quoting from their label, it said, Share and celebrate African-American culture, emancipation, and enduring hope. Now, of course, Juneteenth became a federal holiday uh, last year, back in June of 2021, after Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., a.k.a. Hansy Feely Creepy Uncle Joe, a.k.a. Barely There Beijing Biden, signed a law establishing it as such. 
And one Twitter user called at Kev on stage shared a TikTok video on his Twitter this past Sunday night uh, criticizing Juneteenth-themed products being sold by Walmart, saying, quote, apparently Walmart has great value Juneteenth Celebration Edition ice cream, swirled red velvet and cheesecake flavored ice cream, and this is what happens when you commercialize federal holidays. It just becomes a federal holiday. Now you can celebrate it with ice cream. But wait, there's more. I see at this point, he uh, started pointing out that a number of other products like Juneteenth party supplies and decorations, wine, party masks and glasses, T-shirts and water bottles, all these crazy things. Kev on stage also pointed out a rather inconveniently placed congratulations, uh, officer, celebration banner and the list of products. I see, you know, because they're supposed to be canceling uh, the police, defunding the police. So no congratulations, officers, for them. Good old Kev on stage continued by saying, And I am so upset about this. What I need Walmart to do is send me all this ice cream just so I can taste it and make sure it's wrong. What's... Right, I, that just seems to me to be a way to say, hey, send me some free ice cream, please. And, and actually, I can get behind that idea. If, if that works, Kev, on stage, let me know. Uh, I will send a Twitter hate-filled uh, rage mob uh, rant towards Walmart, too. Send me your ice cream, Walmart. Uh, I would prefer uh, something other than great value, but uh, if that's what's available, I, I will take it. Beggars can't be choosers, right? Anyway, other Twitter users were... Uh, not so humorous in their criticism, uh, said lots of things uh, along the lines of, uh, for example, we said we want the reparations we're owed. They gave us representatives kneeling in kente cloth, ice cream, and party decorations. Well, what did you expect? Now I'm going to stop with the story right there. Walmart did something that Walmart's going to do. They saw an opportunity for a national holiday, and they wanted to have an edge in selling something that somebody might actually enjoy, appreciate, and incorporate into a new celebration. After all, we know how we're supposed to celebrate the 4th of July. We know how we're supposed to celebrate uh, Memorial Day that's upcoming, even though Memorial Day is not a holiday. It's a day of honoring and remembrance. We know that it's supposed to be about our fallen heroes, not about going to the beach or cooking out. But still, these are the things we do to celebrate the holidays. We know what we're supposed to do for Christmas and Thanksgiving, and we know what we're supposed to do for New... But nobody knows what they're supposed to do for Juneteenth. It's brand new as far as being an actual holiday. See, leftists are never going to be happy no matter what you do for them. But then when I hear somebody say, we said we wanted reparations, then I'm once again I'm forced to try to remind everyone that it's kind of the leftist's fault because they got a lot of young people not fully appreciating the value. But the ultimate reparation has already been paid to every former slave that decided to stay 
in the country at the end of the Civil War. That reparation came in the form of U.S. citizenship. Now, even today in this modern world, if you step outside of the United States, you'll be hard-pressed to find anything that has greater value than citizenship in this country. And it's a shame that more of these young leftists don't better appreciate it. But what's even more a shame is that lots of young people of color living in America today have honestly been made to feel like they've been somehow victimized simply because Walmart's trying to sell them some ice cream. Now, I could put the spin on it and say, really, all Walmart's guilty of is desperately trying to become part of your celebration traditions moving forward. But at the end of the day, all Walmart's really trying to do is make a buck because that's what capitalism demands they do. Walmart can't be in a position to make their contributions to all these organizations if they don't make profits. So it's not a bad thing. You don't want to buy reparation ice cream? Then don't. Like I said, nah. If you're dealing with a generic uh, brand anyway, eh, you know, lots of generics are actually just as good, if not better, than some of the name brands. But I'm a brand snob when it comes to ice cream and a few other things. So I feel you, dog, if you don't want it. But please, Walmart, learn an important lesson. Stop trying so hard. Just do your business. And stop apologizing because two people on Twitter get mad at you. Because that's probably really all that actually happened here. Two actual people and a bunch of bots. I'm still trying to get a response from Elon Musk on this one since he seems to be digging into how many of these accounts are actually bot accounts. Primary reason why he's thinking maybe buying Twitter is not such a good idea after all. All right, that's going to have to be it for today, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so very much for staying with me to the very end. And remember... Don't take my word for it. Definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort, and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. In the meanwhile, stay safe if you can, stay healthy if at all possible, and uh, be smart out there, guys, even if it goes against your nature. Uh, and one last thing. Hey, uh, creepy, handsy-feely Uncle Joe. This is Tim Tapp. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go, Brandon.
control is using both hands. Founders knew the Second Amendment was the final one to keep. To hold our other rights intact so we'd never become sheep. Stalin, Hitler, Mao, Amin, and Pol Pot. They told us things that you never forgot. You teach lessons to your daughters and sons. To fear the government that fears your guns. Is using both hands Well I prefer the 308 to the tiny 223 Gives me more than a thousand yards to protect my family Using both hands.